Hello pals and welcome to Sal's Talk. We have a great show for you tonight Pat is here. Johnny spent the last two months preparing for this episode to make it extra good that's why there hasn't been one in a minute. No other reasons. Anyway this is a great ep but Johnny says he misses all of you too much to not do the show all the time so he's gonna go back to do the show all the time but making it suck. Enjoy the last good episode. Ladies and gentlemen, back yet again, another fantastic episode of Sauce Talk. On the other line, it's Pat Polk. There he is. He doesn't know when to come in. It's now, Pat. Hi. How's it going? I'm Pat. I was letting you go for a while. Cause I'm glad you did. I was, I was, after I let it hang the first time, I thought this can be a bit. Let's just see if I can keep letting it hang. There you go. Hi, I'm Pat. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. Uh, hey, Pat. Yes. Eat anything good lately? Interesting question at this current juncture. I There's not a lot of like new stuff in Oak Park to talk about, and I'm not going out to eat very much because of COVID. Um, I think I've talked about the most recent new restaurant is the Thai place that I like. I think I've talked about mm-hmm. before. Yep. Uh, I was, I recently, as you are aware, and a few people potentially listening are aware, I just got back from a trip to Virginia to visit my parents, uh, and my sister was there for a, um, memorial service for my grandparents, and, uh, the food is not good in Virginia, at least where they live. They're in a very isolated area. However, for the party after the recep, after the memorial service, um, I did eat my dad's new recipe, pulled pork, and had pulled Ooh. pork sandwiches, and that was good. And so that was the best thing I ate while I was in Virginia, for sure. Let's let's hear about this new recipe, and I'd love to fold into it. Any information you have on the old recipe? I, I probably, I know equally low to medium about both the new recipe and the old recipe. The main thing is, the old recipe was in a slow cooker. He, like, you know, cooks it for a super long time. He's very big about removing as much fat as possible. It gets it real stringy um, and, and cooks for a long time. And the old recipe, after he did some cooking and fat removal, uh, he would cook it with a mustard-based Carolina oh boy, barbecue yeah. sauce. There you go. Um, and so it was very wet and, you know, part, you know, fully dispersed throughout the pork. And then the new one, as far as the cooking process is concerned, no sauce involved. He actually used a smoker for the first time. He bought a smoker, like, swear to God, probably, definitely more than 10 years ago, probably 15 years ago. They had it in Morris before they moved to Virginia. uh, And they moved to Virginia seven years ago. So it it traveled across the country with them. uh, And so it was, it was a, it was dry, smoked pork and then you add your own sauce uh but i still added the carolina mustard-based sauce because that's what i associate with my dad's pulled pork and uh so it was similar in the end but not as slathered it was kind of on the bun and on the pork itself but not you know infused throughout but it was very good it sounds incredible and i have to say like it's we i should acknowledge for the listener we've had a bit of a gap between episodes so perhaps you're not it's not front of mind what we discussed in the last episode, but I had a lot of 
a lot of qualms, a lot of concerns about the future of Sauce Talk then. And then, God damn it, the next episode, we're not getting hammered with excellent sauce content right from the start. It's like it's like you're trying to say, Johnny, please stay right here. We can talk about mustard-based barbecue sauces literally every episode, and I, I think it would be a great hey, thing to do. You want to go deeper on the mustard-based Carolina right. barbecue sauce? Formerly, the go-to specific Carolina mustard-based barbecue sauce that he would buy was from South Carolina. His brother lives in South Carolina. He grew up in Virginia and, you know, travels to South Carolina. Anyway, Maurice's brand. Ooh, yeah. uh, Southern, you know, Carolina barbecue sauce. However, Maurice's brand, first of all, only available in South Carolina. You have to ship it or... So he he would sometimes ship like a huge, like a carton of it, you know. But also it's... uh, Definitely they still have a Confederate flag on the bottle. Nice. it's <laughs> like it's that kind of mustard. <laughs> yeah, so it's so uh I was happy to see that he did not have that this time. He had like some it was like a squeeze bottle. I mean, it felt practically, you know, inauthentic in comparison uh, bottle-wise, but I was glad to see no Confederate flags on the condiments in the fridge. I do like the idea that like if you can't get the Confederate flag uh mustard-based barbecue sauce if you are in rural virginia and you go to the grocery store there's like 12 different kinds of mustard-based barbecue sauce on the shelf yeah i mean yeah we we get um like lily q's bottled barbecue sauce we usually get the smoky red one like lily for some reason like the six-year-old really likes smoky flavors she talks about like smoky barbecue sauce and smoky string cheese i'm right there with her Um, it's good stuff but they they have like you could go to a grocery store in Chicago and get a Lily Q's mustard based barbecue sauce like it's available widely. Sure, I'm just I'm brands. just imagining specifically that they had such an array there. Yeah, that, like here, uh, like I can I, you can like they might have two or three kinds of specifically mustard based barbecue sauce. But I've been in a place like that. It's just a, it's a whole wall. They got like the store brand and then the store brand with the fancy version and yeah, then like select. all the other one. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and they're right to do it. That, that, that's, that's amazing stuff. Okay, Pat, we're going to start with a potentially heavy or potentially light and fun, breezy topic, See, depending on where we go with it here. Our first topic for the okay. day, first, first mainline topic. Great. Uh, what does it take to be a friend in 2022? And I, I do want to limit this specifically. People our age i don't know what the hell I, I i don't know why we would attempt to speak to like if you're 20 years old and in college or if you're an 18 year old high school student i don't know about anything like that i'm talking about people roughly our age 2022 how many friends do you have what is it who do you consider a friend does that changed over time it certainly changed over time for me i'll let you start can you can you would you like to try to think about what it means to be a friend yeah, I mean, I'd say the, the way you phrase the question in my mind is kind of like minimum threshold friend. You know, you're not talking like super tight friend, just like what what is, broadly speaking, the parameters for being a friend, which includes, which kind of necessarily includes, includes like the bottom level required. Sure, absolutely. To qualify. And and so I think, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty weird these days, both between... Uh, being older 
and being more online and being more isolated, both because of the older and the online and because of COVID. And along with the older, obviously, several of us have children, uh, which are very restricting on our uh, opportunities for in-person socialization. So all of those factors cause friendships to be more loose and less, you know, frequent and intense uh, in-person interaction. So I'd say the the bottom threshold is like really low, like whatever. The trap door flew open. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. It's like essentially anyone you declare that you is your friend and they would agree with that is your friend. Uh, like it, it is self-defining based on uh, mutual appreciation and not necessarily any amount of actual contact uh, in person or, or otherwise. Um, I think like a lot of my friends, like you and I, uh, are, so you I consider us are, friends, huh? I do. Yes. And, okay. and I, and we chat a fair amount in via text primarily. Um, and I, I think that's like one of the main, like o- online chatting of, in some way or on the phone is kind of like the main way that people our age uh, are friends unless they live within like literally like a three block radius, I think. Um, yeah. I saw a tweet uh, recently on this subject where someone said like watching like watching this might movie, be the origin of the segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you can probably tell it better than I can because it wasn't on my mind quite as much. But essentially like watching movies where 30 year olds have a million tight friends that they hang out with all the time. Me and my me in my 20s like hell yeah, that looks awesome. Me in my 30s like lol what that's not how it works pretty much. My memory now, it could be we saw different tweets. It could be we remember them differently. My memory was that I saw a tweet that suggested that, like, when they were a teenager, they watched TV and movies in which people in their 30s hung out all the time. And then when they got to be that age, they were, they were like, disappointed to learn that this is not the reality. Yeah. That actually you never it. see anyone. And it's like, it's, 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 it's incredible when you can get stuff lined up to do it. Um, I am not surprised, but perhaps slightly disappointed that we don't get to like hugely disagree about this because you you've landed exactly where I landed and that I think for my definition, it might honestly be. Here's my list of friends. Have I texted you this year? And that would count any app. And then I'll go through and pick out three people, and they're not my friends. And then everybody else says, everybody. There's like three people, and, and not for work or some stupid thing, but like that's that's as about as all it takes. Like it's, I truly, as a young person, thought that I would like hang out with people all the time, and then it's been years and years since I have had to disavow that notion and it only goes in one direction do you think you will ever see anyone outside of your family again after 10 years from now <laughs> literally will i ever see anyone Is you wait, not for work or for hate like if you have to see them on the street and they don't like you i mean i think i think that uh i think just like lifestyle wise excluding technology and pandemic but talking about like the arc of someone's social life traditionally in america i think um 
I think like young children is like the least social time for most people uh, who are who are raising families. And so I think when your children are more independent or out of the house, then you have more social contact. Um, like, like obviously, like my parents, uh, see they they live in this like isolated part of Virginia, as I said, on, on Smith mountain Lake. And they have, there's essentially like a subdivision there, but it's like the most spread out subdivision imaginable. Cause they're like in the Hills all on different parts of the lake but they 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 call those they consider them their neighbors and they see them kind of often. Uh, they're they're somewhat social with them, but then especially they do stuff with church, and so a lot of their social connections are through church. I am not a church individual. I will not have anything like that. So it'll it'll like I. I think that I will have more time and ability to see people when my kids are older. Um. But it'll be it'll take like effort still. It won't. There aren't any predetermined uh, outlets for that, such as going to church every week or something. But I think that with effort, you can see people on a semi-regular basis. You can, you can have close friends when you're older who you see in person kind of a lot. That makes however, sense. however, as I said, that's kind of like the standard trajectory. I think so. It just dips at the in your when your kids are in their early years the lowest, but I think, yeah, with technology now, the way people mostly interact with each other online or through their phones will definitely contort how that shapes itself down the line differently from previous generations of people. And there's this has been going on longer than just the internet. We obviously are kind of dancing around but not discussing the ideas of like uh, bowling alone and that sort of stuff, or like the general degradation of like social clubs and community in the United States that has taken place over the last 50 years um, that we used to have bowling leagues and the Lions Club and all these things, and people would go do that, and the rates of participation were very high, and that was like a way to see people outside your house, and we've diminished this. And it is hard for me to gather the extent to which it's accelerated. I mean, it clearly has accelerated. But it, I, I think about it, and like, I don't feel like my parents had friends in like the 90s that they were going to hang out with all the time, even when I was a teenager. And even when I moved out, I think they like hung out with my dad's brothers and my mom's sisters. Yeah, I mean, I, my parents also, I don't think they had a ton of friends. And as, as I said, like in... In the 90s and aughts, I think it was, like, yeah, mostly church friends. They had a few Morris friends, but they didn't see them that often. I think that they are a little lower on the spectrum than, than other people with how many social connections they maintain. But, like, I, for comparatively, like, I think Jen's parents have a lot of friends that they see kind of often. Um, like, they'll you know, they'll, like, host dinners somewhat often and things like that and and. I think that's less common with my opinion. I will sell this idea. Now, I haven't been on dating app in a minute, so I don't know how they work. I don't know if OkCupid even still exists. And I know that all the other ones, you just post your genitals, and then someone says if they will put mouth on it, and that's all that happens. <laughs> but if there are any dating apps where you still answer questions about what you were like, I think a great question would be, did your parents have a lot of friends when you were a teenager? 
<laughs> I, I think, and, and possibly because maybe people want to match up with people who they are opposite of. But I, I think that that is probably an indicator. And it, it, thinking about it now, and like the kids in my class, like I knew kids who had parents who were going and doing stuff and having fun with like other parents and stuff. And that's obviously a, I mean, yeah, you don't have that's okay. How, let's talk about that. You ever make any friends with any of your kids' parents? Not very much, not really. Jen is friends, I would say, qualifies as friends with uh, one girl's mom that she she texts with her a lot. I'll say that much. And and with our uh, low level, like she she far exceeds the occasional texting required to be a base level friend. But she texts her like constantly. I um, I think I think I would I I hope that I could say that Jen and I are friends. She was on the podcast this year, but I certainly could never say that I meet the bar of text her a lot. I would think anyone you text with a lot that you don't work with, you have to be friends with, right? Yeah. Like, so she is friends yeah. with one mom for sure, and that mom is friends with a few moms, and and so like I think. Maybe maybe it's another thing where like, yeah maybe there's kind of webs there's networks of friends and maybe some people are the people who are causing all the connections between the other people there's like spokes and hubs sure. and uh, and so the the friend the mom that Jen is friends with connects to a lot of other moms including Jen I doubt that they text as much as Jen does I mean, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah so like. And and her husband could potentially someday be a friend. Uh, a friend of whom? Of, of mine. Of yours, okay. Um, but in other ways, he kind of sucks a little. So it's not a rush to be friends with him. However, he really likes board games and was designing a board game for his job for a long time. And he's a standing board game group. But he might might suck. You sound like a real board game slut. <laughs> yeah. You no. got board games, huh? Who gives a shit what you're like? Get over here, buddy. I'm saying that there's some common interests. You're saying you'll overlook anything. We have some some things this in common. This guy drinks the mustard with the Confederate flag on it every day, and you don't even care. That's not what I said. No, I just <laughs> but so it, it, it seems like that's your, your, your nearest avenue, and it's not especially close. No. So I, I don't... Yeah, Do you think have... this is a huge COVID thing, though? I think that it is largely a COVID thing, but I think it's definitely like a gendered thing. I think that moms... Moms are expected to get out there and meet the moms, whereas... Yeah. The less, men, less well, so I'm, I was in my man cave. I can't be out at that, that lame bake sale. I mean, I, you know, you see like groups of dads hang out some, uh, but I just it's definitely less prominent. Last time I saw a group of dads hang out, I got fucking COVID. It sucked. <laughs> there you go. Yep. True. Uh, so, hey, by the way, first day of Lily's uh, first grade today, and the parents lined up at the beginning of the school day to like you know have the kids get checked in by the teacher, and like the teacher walked them to the class, and the parents could walk and see the class and then leave. And in Lily's specific class, there's a guy from U of I Law, one or two classes above us, whose name I don't remember, might be Ben. He was definitely on Law Review. I think he was friends with my mentors, so I think he was one year above us. Don't remember his name, but he definitely has a kid in Lily's specific class. 
this this could be a, a good friend opportunity for you. Great friend, yeah. Sure and he must live it. close by. Yeah. If he's at this school, this particular elementary school, it, it's a pretty small radius. So, I so it, it sounds like so. Let's let's talk about that for a little bit then. What's what's your plan of attack here? Oh, I don't have one. Well, no. maybe you I should have one. How are you? I guess be I'd have to figure out guy? who he is first. What? How are you going to be friends with this guy? Let's figure out how you're going to be friends with this guy. I'm not saying I'm going to be friends with Maybe I'm, I'm you should say you're going to be friends with them. Okay. You ever do well, that? You ever just pick out... somebody and say, I'm going to be friends with that guy? I did one time at IMSA. Um, I, I, uh, there's a, so my at IMSA, my roommate each of the three years was a senior. So I always had to find a new roommate the following school year because my roommate graduated. And so uh, at, towards the end of my junior year, I needed to see figure out where i was going to live and there's a guy who seemed like he'd be a good fit and i was like your roommate graduated my roommate graduated we should become friends and we did and we were roommates sounds pretty good you still talk to that guy very occasionally but sometimes yes sounds like he's your sounds like he's your definite friend then <laughs> yeah i was i've texted him within the last year I would, yes he meets that so it didn't turn anything any, into anything amazing but you, you did have success in this just mm -hmm. like, this makes so much sense. I'm just going to push and go for it. Yeah. For the one listener that knows names of people at IMSA, I'm talking about Matt Nicely. I'm going to bleep that out just to frustrate people. <laughs> I'm going to change it and say, Matt Schmidt. It's like, what the? That wasn't Matt Schmidt, you idiot. <laughs> it was clearly someone else. Yeah. Um, if you really wanted to be friends with this this dad and – let me tell you, as as a non-dad, all I want to do is be friends with dads. What would what would what would you do? What would be your angle? Would you would you try to use the child to help? Would you be like, why not go talk to that kid, see if you guys become mm -hmm. best friends, or would you just play it real cool? I wouldn't play it cool if I if it was actually a goal of mine. I would figure out who he was. <laughs> Good somehow, start. Probably with the class list, but then that would still be hard. Maybe like. We didn't have a yearbook at U of Iowa. Did we? I, don't know. I don't know how to get a picture of this guy either. I, maybe friends of friends on Facebook or something. Anyway. He's probably on LinkedIn. You just go find him on LinkedIn. You, know, you got you got that. Without his name. <laughs> you don't have his name? Vague... No, I told you. Oh. Search by like vague uh, descriptions of his face on LinkedIn. I would, um, I would say just teach the Google algorithm that you want to learn more information about certain types of men who look a certain way and just type that into Google all day long until they figure out what you need to see. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I'd probably just contact them directly and be like, hey, uh, our kids are in the same class it looks like I saw you uh, at the first day of school. I think we went to you by law together. Hey, what's up? How's it going? That'd be it. You know, now that I know you don't know the kid's name, I'm pretty impressed that you are so that you know that this is him. Like, yeah, it's just visual. I don't yeah. think I'm good enough at faces that I would. Re you said he he wasn't in our class. He was a couple. He was one or two. One above. or two. I believe specifically one grade above us, but possibly two. I think he was exactly one because I think he was an editor of Law Review. When we were in regular law review. Well, he first off, that's a hell of a lead, too. I mean, you could, you could, yeah, exactly. you could, could knock just it look out at with the, that. Yeah, I could look at, like, the notes and the, like, the specific, yeah. like, There's, titled You're going to get only so many names, and then you'll be there. Yeah. But I don't think I am good enough with faces that I would ever be confident enough to be like, oh, it's, it's, and, and you know it's him. I don't think I'd ever 
know it was him until I like found the name and then found the class roster and confirmed that it lined up. Yeah. It's got to be nice. I'm confident. Hey, mm -hmm. that's way more uh, friend talk than I anticipated. I have an important sauce talk topic update. I feel like there should be a musical key here, but I don't yeah. think I got it. We'll see if I bother to do it, but I maybe some, oh, it could be that like when the, the news is coming in over the wire, it's like, yeah, maybe it'll be that, or maybe it'll be this unedited. But uh, on a previous podcast, I, I believe it was the Margaret podcast. You listen to the Margaret podcast, no pressure, it's okay. I listen to every episode, uh, friend. Always nice to meet a fan. Uh, on that podcast, I had a disastrous segment, disastrous in the moment. I am coming back to talk about it more. But even <laughs> then, it wasn't good. Don't say what it was, because you might say a different segment from the podcast. That they don't feel really <laughs> well, that bad. whole episode was a disaster. <laughs> this could be decide. anything. Uh, but no, it was the very bad segment where I said I should be allowed to drink on the train. And uh, it, <laughs> yes, was, it, was, it was poor in conception. It was poor in execution. There was... The only thing he was missing was pouring me a drink on the train. But ah. I don't want to do that ever because I have an update. I saw some uh, white 20-something ladies drinking on the train recently, and it made me feel really bad. Uh, yeah. They thought they were extremely cool. They both just were very nonchalantly carrying cans of White Claw, and they got down and they, like, cheers each other by tapping them sideways without looking at each other. And I was just like, this is the lamest bullshit, I can't get in trouble because I'm white thing I've ever seen, and it feels really bad. I don't like any of it. I don't, well, I mean, I don't want to drink on the train anymore. I have two responses. Now, they both better be good about me. You're the best is my first response. Yeah. Um, I was going to say... It sounded to me like you wanted it to be okay to drink on the train. So, like, if if it were okay to drink on the train, then it wouldn't be anything like they probably the wouldn't they even do it, it anymore. Yeah, like like, they were well, thinking we, we they were smoke crack on the train. They think they're cool because they're getting away with drinking on the train. But if it was permitted to drink on the train, you could just do it out in the open yeah. and not be weird about it. So it wouldn't have the same vibes at Good all. Good point. I am better than I thought. I'll hear the other one now. The other one is a uh, few months, like shortly after I started going back to work in person several months ago, I definitely saw someone doing heroin on the train. Yeah. And that was uncomfortable. Uh, and you don't know how to react. You don't like, it's a bad situation, you know? Uh, but, but drinking on the train is like my, the least of my concerns. Well, yeah, I'm not actually, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, to be sure, I'm not actually concerned. And I don't, did I, I'm trying to remember, I think. That what I'm about to say took place since the uh, drinking on the train segment was recorded. And so I believe I didn't mention it then. But since then, I also have – I did not see anyone do heroin on the train. But I was on a train, and somebody was doing something real bad because <clears throat> the uh, conductor came on and said, you cannot drink or do any kinds of drugs on the train, and I have a video, and I can see you, and you have to stop doing it now, or you're going to go down. And 
I don't remember. It was something. I think it was something in California, but wherever jail is. Oh, 26 in California. There it is. She was like, you're going to go. I'm going to you're going to go there. And it's a Saturday morning and you're not going to get to see a judge until Monday, maybe or maybe even Tuesday. So you're going to sit in jail for three days if you don't stop doing and just get off the train right now. And the train was stopped between stops. And then uh, she went to the next stop and the doors opened and then eventually the people got out, I guess. And then we went on. Wow, yeah, that is an aggressive confrontation for the conductor to do. It was. I got someone. I, I saw someone get kicked off a train not for drugs, but for like opening the door between stations or something, and the conductor got <laughs> Were they really trying to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, obviously, you see people pass between the cars all the time, but like this was like one of the other doors, and like it was like we had just left the station or something, but the conductor got real pissed, and the train stopped, and he went back there <laughs> and he yelled at the person and kicked him off the train. Uh, so, but it wasn't, still didn't threaten 26 in California. That was my first, um, first year of law school. My internship, uh, was, or yes, uh, was with, at 26 in California with the judge there, Judge Beeble. Uh, so I, I worked there a whole summer. Uh, it is like an infamous, huge prison, uh, well, jail, obviously not prison. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's extremely, it's like the, cause it's a consolidated, uh, judicial system in Cook County. It's like the biggest or second biggest like courthouse system in America behind New York or something like that. Cause it's, it's all consolidated into one thing. It's very high volume. Yes. And you don't want to go to that jail for sure. She, she agreed. You don't want to go there. And yeah. uh, whoever was doing whatever they were doing, I guess agreed too. Cause they decided to exit the train rather than see if they were going to go there. Yeah. It's been another hugely successful topic, Pat. How do you think it's going so far, Pat? I think it's great. Everything's good. I agree. Love chatting. Fun to chat. Uh, Pat, it's time for our next segment. Okay. What sauce are you bringing to the table this week? Well, Johnny, I guess we've already talked about a sauce, but that was not my plan. Uh... As a lot of the people listening know, I recently experienced 16 new hot sauces between two Ooh, hot sauce challenges. Uh, two, both Jen and her sister Megan, my sister-in-law, independently bought me flights of hot sauces for a hot sauce wing challenge for Father's Day. So as of Father's Day, I had two big sets of hot sauces to go through uh in a in a food challenge and we so we did it two consecutive weekends so hot hot ones the show they sell the sauces that they do on the show uh and so that's 10 hot sauces and so they do them by season so we had the season 17 hot sauces um and then separately megan had been to new orleans and she thought this was a fun idea completely without talking to jen and so she went to a hot sauce place called pepper palace and bought six hot sauces from there and brought them back, or actually ended up ordering them online, getting them delivered. But anyway, so uh, 10 from Hot Ones and 6 from the Pepper Palace. I had a, had two huge flights of hot sauces, and, and I they're all new to me. They, they, you know, there's a million hot sauces, so obviously the chances are pretty high that they're all going to be new. Uh, and you have experienced some of these yourself, actually. It is true. Wanna, uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts to share about that, but... Uh, and one of the ones that I did not bring 
not because I was trying to hold out, but just it didn't occur to me as like a standout sauce at the time, but became probably the favorite out of all 16 sauces was a kind of medium low heat compared to some of the other ones. Uh, It's called, it's by Angry Goat. It's from Hot Ones. It's not from Pepper Pals. It's it's by the company Angry Goat. It's called Phoenix. It's 39,000 Scoville. And it has strong melon flavor. It's like a green hot sauce and it has melon. Here's the description from Hot Ones. The flavors in Phoenix are as whimsical as its label featuring cantaloupe and ginger. It's fresh and sweet with a spicy finish. It's surprising, but does it ever work? We're staking a flag, folks. Melon is delicious in hot sauce. And I agree. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah, so I apologize that you didn't get a chance. It is now gone. That is the first one to be drained. That's that's what to do with it. It's so easy to let that stuff linger and all of a sudden, like, oh, this is too old. I got to get rid of it. Especially when you get... uh, So so the first first one was at uh, Jen's parents' place, and so Jen's stepfather kept three of the six. But then I get all 10 from the house. So I had 13 in my house all at once. Uh, So we are inundated. Um, But yeah, so... Angry Goat Phoenix is my recommendation out of those bunch. Um, I could talk about all of them if you want, but I know you don't. What do you think? How would you Angry Goat colon Phoenix? Angry Goat dash Phoenix? Angry Goat comma Phoenix? What do you think? I would just say Angry Goat space Phoenix. Angry Is Angry Goat all one word? Two words. Angry Goat Phoenix. That's disappointing to me. What about what if it's like X versus Sever? What is the punctuation situation in X versus Sever? I think X versus Sever has a colon in it. Because isn't it something well, I, else? X versus Sever. Oh yeah, probably. Ballistic colon X versus Sever. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Angry goat you know colon what? Phoenix. You know what people often get wrong is mission colon impossible subtitle after that. That's a mess. That's like yeah. one of those Disney <laughs> park rides. It's got three subordinate clauses in it. Disaster. Yeah. Um, well, this sounds really good, and I, I, I like the idea of a melon-based hot sauce, and I like that it's green, and it sounds, and I like that it's not one of the extreme high end, or even honestly, middle of high end was uh, was more than enough for me. You saw my performance. I ate some moderately hot stuff, and then I had to sit there and sweat for a while. So for your comparison, one of the ones that I like uh, was the barbecue-based one. Yep. That's called that's by Thirteen Angry Scorpions, and it's called Jekyll and Hyde. And that one's pretty spicy. That one's one hundred and nine thousand versus Phoenix, which is thirty-nine thousand. Yeah. So it's like a third as hot as that. But I, I also that, that that system any good? No, yeah. I have. That is the other thing. Having had this whole range of hot sauces, I've come to firmly believe that the Scoville system is completely broken. Uh, Allegedly, the hottest one from Hot Ones was 2 million plus Scoville. And experientially, it was absolutely no hotter and, in fact, more pleasant than Da Bomb Evolution, which is 135,000. Which is supposed to be like 20 times hotter than that. And it tasted slightly less hot, I think. So, like, yeah, I think Scoville is extremely hit or miss. But I still think Phoenix is not that hot. I'm thinking for this, it's duh hyphen bomb and then a dash. As duh bomb is like the brand, I would say maybe colon for that one. Because they they are so proud of their 
different types of dabam. Okay. So I'd say dabam colon evolution. Okay. It's it's usually going to be a colon. I want to get that dash in there somewhere. We'll find it. Here here's another challenge one. So the hottest one from Hot Ones. So Hot Ones is the brand. They have their own label of you know hot sauces. And then the category because it's the it's the hottest one they have. It's called the last dab. And then specifically this one is Apollo. So it could be Hot Ones colon the last dab colon Apollo. That yeah, now we're really getting into it. I like that. I would love it mm-hmm. if if we could switch one of the colons to a dash or make something a parenthetical, but uh, that pleases me very much. Okay, Pat, it's time for. I think this is going to be a first in Sauce Talk history. Uh, we're just going to call this a grab bag segment. But what it really is is me clearing out the. Uh, podcast topic notes file in my phone and so some of these things are kind of just plugs and some are some could be whole conversations none of them are good there's i still have like ones that i know are good but i think these can lead places and we can talk about stuff and then so i want to give you the absolute right to i'm just going to say what i have to say and you can we can talk about that, or you can say, that reminds me of this, and we'll talk about that. Or you can say, cool, next, and we'll talk about the next thing. Sounds good. So it's not your whole notes file because it's not your best material. Oh, no. This I parcel out the best material B-list. based on who I think will work well with the guest. You got, <laughs> do you want to be friends with me? That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I'm honored. Uh, yeah. I will say that file Especially after this, getting pretty thin. <laughs> sure. uh, somebody, listeners, I always say the best way to get on Sauce Talk is to ask to be on Sauce Talk. If you think you are the listener with an especially good sleepover story, please let me know. Sleepover. God damn it. Are you, are you the sleepover guest? Did no. I fuck it up? No, oh, okay. no. I, the I, face I, you made. I, I just, thought you were like, oh, my God, I have the number one sleepover. No, I'm just thinking of what... I, you must have one. I, I have an okay one, but I honestly thought, you know, I bet Pat's honestly similarly to our uh, you getting to the exactly the same point as me in the uh, what does it take to be a friend in 2022 thing. I thought I bet Pat has a pretty similar sleepover story to me and we are not diverse enough here. But who knows? Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything strong. I would, yeah. I would not. Anyway, I've been, try, I've been trying to like... When I, every time I go into that app, somebody's going to have a sleepover story, and I'm trying to pick them out, but I never I never pull the trigger. So if, if you're out there and you know it's you, let me know, and perhaps you'll be selected for an upcoming episode. Okay. Number one, I really like pistachios. Interesting. Do you like pistachios? I, I think they're fine. I have no strong feelings about pistachios. However, I so first of all, they're so middle of the road to me that it is funny to me when someone really loves them. Like it is such a medium thing for me that it is interesting when people are such big fans. And specifically, uh, Megan's favorite ice cream flavor is pistachio. Was going to make fun of pistachio ice cream in this, yes. And there was just a children's book that we just read, or actually we heard read, uh, where the two these two first graders 
were meeting friends and they one of the things they had in common was that their favorite ice cream flavor was pistachio. It was like that is absurd. <laughs> what child? What six year old? Their favorite. It ice takes cream years to become enough of a weirdo to like that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so pistachio comes up in my life surprisingly frequently, and I have zero strong feelings about the flavor of pistachios. I think pistachios are great. I like a high effort snack. It's very fun to like sit there watching a show and just slowly crack some pistachios, throw them aside, throw the shell aside, eat the pistachio. Um, I like uh, eating pitted cherries. Hey, pretty similar, yeah. There's, those are tasty, and you need a separate bowl. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's very. I, I like. I just have. I have a bowl of pistachios and an empty bowl, and then slowly I filter some stuff through my mouth, and then everything else goes into the other bowl. <laughs> Uh, it's great. When I was a kid, never had pistachios and occasionally had pistachio flavored things and thought they were gross. And then as an adult, I have no tolerance for pistachio flavored things. Don't ever want anything like that. And I also, they sell it. If you're a billionaire, you can buy the shelled pistachios and get a huge bag for $25. I never do that, but I I really enjoy getting the shelled, the in shell pistachios. Open them up, eating them, getting rid of the shells. Two separate reactions to that. First of all, grammar-wise, I hate that shelled can refer to something that has a shell (laughs) or has been removed from the shell. And likewise, pitted can refer to something that has a pit or has had the pit removed. Both of those should not exist. Uh, Those are, yeah, those are called self-antonyms or contronyms, and they're very stupid. Um. Yes, I'm gonna pass. The other thing is, uh, if you like some pistachio things, but not, I guess, I, pres- I presume you mean artificially flavored pistachio things. But like, if there's something that had pistachio, oh actual sure, if any of his pistachios, it, I want it. Yeah. So like, yeah, pistachio ice cream is like fake pistachio. Obviously, uh, I heard from Megan, who's a freak. Uh, that pistachio milk was a good milk substitute that tastes good. And it, I'm sure it costs a lot. I mean, it'll be all the money, but that does sound fantastic to me, yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before, and I thought I, I thought I knew about the milks. I guess not. Well, you got to check it out or make your own. Do you have a Vitamix? Make your own pistachio milk? I'm not making pistachio. I, I already established I'm not a billionaire, so I'm not going to buy a... Well, yeah, so you don't buy the, the shell-removed ones. You buy a whole bunch of shell-on ones. And I just cut my thumbs open. I, I, that would be the end of my life. You you shell them and blend them and strain them, and bada-bing, you've got a thimble of pistachio. I'm not going to do that. But if if someone offers me pistachio milk, I'll say yes. Uh, hey, Fair. great start. Here's another one. Uh, you know how... They got, okay, you know that show Price is Right? Yes, I am familiar. And you know how they got, when you go in there and you you bid, they were like, oh, by the way, we play by Price is Right rules, closest yes. without going over. Yes. That's fine for Price is Right, but that's some stupid way to do anything else. And I feel like it's starting uh, to creep a little bit, and I don't like well, it. I don't think it's starting to. Well, I, mean, I think it, it's it has creeped certainly. for decades. Yeah. And it's dumb yeah, as hell. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, when you're just like guessing something with friends and they ask if price is right. And then somebody thinks it's like, funny it, to shout, but what about price? It's like, no, it's never that. 
It should never be. Why would be it ever be? Why would it ever it's, be? Yeah, and it's on the show because they're trying to give an advantage to the person who's been up there the longest. They get to go yeah. last because it's acknowledged there's a huge advantage to going last. It yeah. makes no sense to be like, well, guys, who thinks we can guess how soon the Uber will be here? Price is right. Like, it's not funny. It's not cute. And it's a terrible friends. way to figure it out. On my end, Pat has frozen. Pat, how are you doing on your end? We are frozen here, folks. We're going to give this a minute to see if it wants to sort itself out. We don't know what happens here. It has it has rectified itself in this situation before. But uh, I'll just keep filling. I can talk for days, guys. I have received a text message from Pat. He says, my chat froze. I have the same impression on my end. I'm going to boot old Patty from the call. Uh, should I fill out an ab- <laughs> I am going to fill out an abuse report. Pat is hosed. Uh, we're going to see if you can rejoin. But uh, listeners out there, call in. Do you think prices right rules are good? So far, no calls. I'm disappointed. I thought some of the listeners would call. I'll go ahead and, oh, someone wants to join this call. It's Pat. Pat can now join this meeting. Pat's back. Hello. Pat, I'm sorry. You were so busy agreeing with my take about prices right rules that the bandwidth was just so full of golden richness it couldn't slide through the tubes. Yeah. I. It says it was. Um, it says I lost connection. This computer is tethered to my router. It should not have. It does, it's not a Wi-Fi problem. I guess it just had a real hiccup. I apologize. Your, your takes were too good. They, they couldn't fit. Yeah. Uh, it was probably my internet. But I, it appears that everything, at least recording-wise, hung through. So I'm just going to keep going. Unless you had more hot takes about prices, right rules. No, I agree that it is. It makes no sense for general usage, um, and why. And people always ask if prices, right rules apply, and it never makes sense. I agree. Can you think of anyone in particular who has said that? Uh, I. It, it is a very common thing. Like, I, okay, I, I'm positive in my life Nick Spear has said that. Uh, I, I can't remember an exact scenario when it happened, but, like, that is, yep. I bet I bet Paul Whitehair has said it. You think that of Paul. I'm not saying the person is lame because they I think I did say that. Life. <laughs> I'm not saying they're permanently tainted because they have said it. I just think... It is a joke that never works, and it also is a rule that never works. That's really yes. what it is, is it's not a joke, but then it actually puts on the table that we might do this bad thing. That's If it were yeah. merely one or the other, if we could just be like, no, we're not doing that. Like, why was this joke? No, we just need to not say it. Let's cut it out. Yeah. Boy, I don't want to say some of these, but we're going to do them all. Next one. Okay. Do you think... That young people are first to watch movies from the late 90s, the way we were first to watch movies from the 80s? Well, I have bad news about the passage of time, but 
for uh, the the 90s were a lot longer ago now than the 80s were. Sure. Okay. So that's a bad example. So I'm really talking about um, do you think anyone has ever been forced to watch American Pie because they were told, like, this is a good movie from when I was in high school? That example, no. I don't think that there's a lot of like nostal- forced nostalgia. Where do you think the forced nostalgia lies? I mean, I think in general more like kids' movies than like gross-out comedies. When I was in high school, I was re- – maybe this was just me. But people were always talking about how I needed to watch movies, old people, not young people. Ain't no young people want to watch any of these movies. When I was in high school, people were constantly telling me, you should watch Porky's. You should watch Animal House. And I, this was going to be a different direction, but I'm gonna, I want to put this on the list too. You need to watch The Breakfast Club. These are all important and really good movies. So I think those are kind of three different points along the spectrum. I think Porky's is a pure raunchy comedy. I think Breakfast Club is like considered a nostalgic classic. And I think Animal House is in the middle. It's like probably, it's like a little bit of a gross out, but it's mostly people think it's funny. I, I think that they're like Porky's. I think that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> I don't think people should be like, that oh, you should be illegal. Porky's. Like, you shouldn't be able to go to the store and buy it. If you go in there, they put your name on a list, and the next time somebody did something bad, the cops come to your house. Yeah, I I have not seen Porky's, uh, but I'm familiar with it. I watched it because all these people told me to watch it. It sucks. And it's 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 like a raunchy. And, yeah, there's like like peeping toms Mm -hmm. or something, right? Something like in a bathroom or something, yeah. Uh, Yeah, like, yeah, so... Yeah, obviously, I I think that it is probably least acceptable to say you should watch Porky's, especially if you were young. And if if they think that it is in tuned with your sense of humor, there's a chance that watching Animal House could have been okay. And like, if they just think that it is like a classic, not that it, I'm not saying it's like an actually good movie, but like Breakfast Club is viewed more highly, generally speaking, uh, as like, you know, part of the eighties canon. Uh, it is the most acceptable to recommend as far as like you to well, to round off your knowledge of eighties movies. Breakfast club is an important one. If I had an eighties canon, I'd use it to shoot VHS tapes of the breakfast club into space. All right. Good job. Pretty good. (laughs) So where, where do you put American pie compared to all these? Like <clears throat> between Porky's and Animal House, like it's a like, little closer to Porky's. Yeah, like you want to talk about Peeping Tom and some bullshit. Like that movie should probably be illegal too. <laughs> yeah, but you you like... see, you're going to defend this movie. <laughs> I am not. I am not. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I agree that it, like that should not be something you recommend to young people as like a yeah like a canon movie that you do you think watch. that happens no, I, you think people are like oh yeah i remember this when i was a kid funny funny movie i mean i think like 
only terrible people would do that. Yes, <laughs> like bro, bro, bro. Are you saying you gotta watch the woman at the kitchen at the cafeteria of my high school who told me to watch Porky's when she found out I was going to go to college? You think she was she was a bad person? It was a bad recommendation. Yeah, was, I'll say I'm that. with you. <laughs> Okay, Pat, this is a great yes. take, and I don't, I don't think it's even a hot take. I think everyone who is smart will agree with this. Seasons are too long. Don't you think we'd like all the seasons better if they were all half as long? Never thought about it. I, I know you know, and a lot of people know, that I think the beauty of nature is vastly overrated. Why would you go out of your way to bring that up? Because the seasons, people foliage, like people talk about the beauty of the fall. People, I think. Are we've you talked trying to get somebody to come to podcast. your house and kill you? Because <laughs> like, this is these are the worst takes you have. You don't have to bring them up. No, but it's it's inextricably linked to people's love of the the seasons because, as we I think specifically talked about on this podcast. Fall is probably the most popular season, but everyone who, who likes fall thinks that they're a unique angel for liking fall. Well, and and the reason people like fall is because they think it's pretty, because they think brown leaves are pretty, and that's stupid. But anyway, you lost um, me halfway through there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. So I think that people's appreciation for the seasons is tied up in their aesthetics. That they are foolishly their... liking the way the outdoors look. And so their opinions yes. are not especially relevant. I mean, I, w- I obviously, like, why not just have, like, spring and fall be, like, five months each and winter and summer be one month each? I want I want temperate temperatures, and then the extreme temperatures are more special. Snow would be very special then. Uh, I, I don't know if I want, you know, I don't want eight seasons a year just cycling through them twice as fast. But I would like less extreme weather, which is not in the cards for me. I'm not offering you uh, make the seasons the length you want. I'm just saying I think that we would – I would be able to deal with winter a lot more if I knew it was only going to last half as long, even if it was just as bad. Yeah, this is – and, I, and obviously yeah, it's going to be back twice as soon, but I feel like switching it up more frequently would be good. Who do you think we should talk to about this? Speeding up the like the uh, Earth's I don't even know if that would do it. I feel like there's a lot going on here. Yeah, that, that would do it. The 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 seasons are determined it by the angle something else of the up, sunlight. If we if we started going twice oh, as fast, I mean, yeah, I don't. I just I don't think that's of course, a good answer. Of course, it would do a lot of problems. I mean, I don't like something like feel us it. going twice as fast would make something else ten times worse, and so we'd be way worse off. It's got to be carefully done. Maybe domes should be involved. I, I don't. Uh, I mean, on a physics standpoint, I don't think we would feel different. Traveling through space at twice the speed. Well, at the very least, it would fuck up day and night real bad, right? No, that's a that's a, that's a that's can a revolution. You, can you change issue. the revolution around the sun without changing the other though? No effect at all. Oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Like um, so another thing about having kids, they pick up all these facts about 
you know, very specific minutiae on topics. So Lily had a big planet section. Uh, some of the planets have insanely slow revolution, but insanely fast orbits. Like I know that. Like, but I still so, don't yeah, think so, that means that everything else stays the same. If you start orbiting the orbiting the sun twice as fast, but the Earth doesn't spin any differently. I think we're going to get some negative effects here. Hmm. Uh, do you know any geniuses? Uh, yeah, I do. I know a guy who works uh, on astrophysics. Yeah, I could probably. Actually, I know I know another guy who works in NASA. I know at least a few people who might have an answer for this. Yes, my uncle works at Nintendo. <laughs> I actually know people who work at NASA. Yeah. Uh, Zishan Ahmed and Mike Gangle. So you know these guys, but you don't know the parents of the children, the kids in your kids' class. It might be Ben Christensen <laughs> is what I learned during You're our making break. Progress. I'm not. I'm not sure if that's really him. I thought his name might be Ben, and I did a little googling, and someone had a note published the right year whose name was Ben Christensen. That that's honestly pretty good progress. Okay, I got I got one more of the grab bag here. Okay. And this this one is very sincerely up for debate. Like some of these others, like the season's take, that's that was just correct and that couldn't be really argued with. But this one I feel like <laughs> people can really go different directions with. So you at home, think about how you would answer if you were on the show. Uh, Gina told me a story once about one of her friends. I, I, hey, I met Gina recently. You met Gina. She's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Phew. I thought so, too, but I wasn't sure. Um, but I, this is about one of Gina's friends. It is decidedly not about Gina. I can't make it clear enough that this story is not about Gina. She, I, I wasn't sure. there when this occurred. But I believe Gina when she tells me this was her friend and not her. And I need you to believe that, too. Do you believe it? It depends on how the story unfolds. But for the time being, I will. Okay, it's time for our next segment. (laughs) No, you're going to believe it. Here's what's up. Uh, One time, Gina was uh, swimming in a big lake, name of Michigan. And she was there with two of her friends and one of her friends said I gotta go to the bathroom but I don't want to get out of the lake and you know we've all been there and I I know what's up I don't pee in the lake and I don't pee in the pool but I know that everyone else does including you you do it yes you do don't say you don't well, you do. Back to our previous, I don't go in water very much. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, has it come uh, up? So I don't do it. <laughs> Good point, Pat. I'm sorry for just this. Uh, you 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 probably don't. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I don't. everyone listening to this, this does go for you. I don't do it, but I know that you do, and it's okay. It's just part of the deal. Try not to do it too much. Unfortunately. And boy, is it unfortunate. This is not a story about that friend. 
Yeah, I, I think I see where this Instead, is she was like, yeah, I got to do number two. And then she just did it. Okay, <laughs> we could go through this on levels. One, that's extremely not okay, right? Yeah, that's super That's gross. disgusting. And then, so Gina obviously agreed that that was, first off, and then, okay, we can do, maybe you have a disagreement here. If under some terrible circumstances, somebody, a terrorist says, I'm going to blow up everyone you've ever, all your friends, and that counts everyone you've texted in the last year. So you really got to listen hard. Like, if you don't poop in the lake, they all blow up. And so you do it. Would you then be like, hey, guys, guess what I just did? No, no, I'd probably I just be I'd be like, I got to make some life changes. I'm living <laughs> wrong because this just happened. So her friend did not do that and instead said, well, I fixed it. I did it. That's, That's so bad. And I really hate this. Yeah. Here's the actual debate okay. between Gina and I. How did that go? Gina thinks her friend could generally just walk out of the lake and be okay. I think this is a disaster. Where do you stand? Just for the friend, just on a practical level. Well, I mean, I, yeah, we're assuming handle. she doesn't have shame. She, she, she lacks for some odd reason. But ignoring that... How's she doing otherwise? I, uh, I don't know. I yeah, like I would think you would need to wipe, and that would be you. You, you find a seashell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like in uh, demolition man. Demolition. Use the three. Yeah. The the, the three seashells. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Gina thought she'd just walk out of the lake and be fine. This is confounding to me. Now, yeah, it's not like it's not like Lake Michigan is a bidet. It's not like yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was like, so now the next step is you got to put your damn hand up your own ass. That's terrible. You thought this was bad already. It's getting worse. Gina's like, no, she was walk out. I was like, why would that happen? I don't know because also, I haven't done this. I also haven't ever peed in a pool because I don't do that unlike you. I don't mean you. I'm talking to the listener. This is obviously like gross and we're getting into the details, so it's just going to get grosser. Um, I would think if it's uh, if, it, if there's an urgency about it, then there, that, could, <laughs> that could indicate the quality <laughs> of the poo yeah. happening. That, that, is, that is a fair point. That it, and I th- I, but I think that make it messier, not, now, not cleaner. You know, at that point, I think... I would act. I would consider be swimming during. Like, don't just be in a spot, but be like in motion. My concern also. So obviously, yeah, I think cleanliness is a problem. I don't see how you wipe. I think you do have to wipe. I. My concern is also if you're just like at a beach on Lake Michigan, presumably Chicago, whatever. It's a popular beach, probably. Um, unless you're swimming way out deep. You're like around where other people are. How so far they're, they're are you gonna really end. conceivably away from everyone? Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered. And, and what they're gonna swim and step in? If you're like shallow, someone's gonna step in your poop. 
Yuck. So we agree this person should go to jail. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm glad. That's everything for the grab bag. I don't think the grab bag's a regular segment, but I think this was this worked okay. We had some fun stuff. Um we now are going to do for the listener an abbreviated plug segment. But this isn't the end of the episode. We're going to talk about this, and then after that, we're going to have one final segment on the rehearsal. But I don't feel like we are at 100% uh, viewership of the rehearsal, or certainly not 100% interest in the rehearsal. So we're going to tuck that in. You're going to get to hear your plugs first, and that'll be really nice. And then for everybody who wants to hear Pat and I talk about the rehearsal for a little bit, uh, that'll be there. But first... Plugs. Pat, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Sure. Um, obviously, I've been on the show a lot of times and at a irregular cadence. No, wait, so wait, wait. You trying to say something by that? Plugged. No, I'm saying I personally haven't. I haven't been out in a while. Are you so mad you haven't been on in so long? Given. No. Who do you cool, think though. I should have bumped to have you on again? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Uh, so I don't remember everything I plugged is the problem. But uh, one that I have not, because it's recent, is we just watched all of both seasons of Only Murders in the Building. And I liked it a uh, fair amount and more than I thought I would. And definitely more than Jen thought she would, I think, liked it. It, I, it was on my list for a long time. It looked kind of fun. And they just finished the second season this past Tuesday, yesterday. Uh, as of time of recording and I think the first season was a little better we, but we just watched them back to back and just it was a delight especially Steve Martin big uh, fun time glad I watched it sad that I waited so long to watch it but it worked out nicely to watch both seasons back. I have similarly been uh, waiting on this show uh, Gina watched the first season has not watched the second season yet but it uh, it, it it checks a lot of boxes for me, but I haven't checked it out. But people really like it. I'm sure it's very good. I need to watch it. Good stuff. Okay. If you are not in for rehearsal talk, this is your goodbye. Best wishes in the intervening days just for you, everybody else. Pat, did, uh, you like this show, The Rehearsal, don't you? I do. I think it's very interesting and funny. I, th- I think that that's a, an important way to talk about it because there's been a lot of discussion about uh, the show in so many dramatic angles. But it is fundamentally a really funny show. And I think that initially I had a lot of like, oh, this is calmer and chiller in a lot of ways than Nathan for you. But I've been rewatching some Nathan for you, especially with my sister lately. And. I kind of think the high points are funnier than Nathan Few, and the, a lot of it is just right there with it in terms of funniness. And it has so much more interesting emotional depth and a lot to say about the modern world that Nathan Few did a really good job with, but this is the next step. Yeah, I agree. I I like Nathan Few, but uh, full disclosure, I have not seen every episode. I've only seen 
some episodes and bits and pieces of other episodes. So I, I cannot compare it to the full run. And I know it's not even that much. There's not many, that many episodes, so there's no real excuse. Jen doesn't – Jen actively dislikes both Nathan for You and the rehearsal. Gina as well. Yeah, and so I just – like I watched – it was very easy to watch the six episodes of the rehearsal alone after she watched like half of the first episode with me, um, whereas it's – Well. Oh. Solo watch the remaining – you broke up. Oh, so no, you broke up for me. I was trying to jump in. I'm sorry. Please go yeah. ahead. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, it's just harder for me to catch up on Nathan for you, even though it's so old. It's just a bigger time commitment, and Jen won't watch it, so I have to find a time to watch it alone. Um, but I, I like both, but I've seen all of the rehearsal now and only some of the. I might shoot you a list of, if you only have time to check out three or four that you haven't seen. Uh, of Nathan yeah, for you. That'd be great. I, I think that, especially in light now, and I, I, well, first off, Nathan for you became media criticism much more so over the course of the run, and very early on, like there's it, it's it's funny, but there's a lot of silly stuff, and even the stuff that doesn't, like like for one thing, there's like we're, we're making poo flavored yogurt. I mean, it's 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 basically. Like, I didn't watch the show when it first aired, and part of that was I thought, like, this is just Comedy Central bro stuff. I mean, we made poof-flavored yogurt. And then I heard about the episode where they go, they have the uh, gas refund, and they go up on top of the mountain. Have you watched that one? No. It's in the first season, and it's, to me, by far the best thing they do. But it completely pulls its punches in a way the show will stop doing pretty soon thereafter. Um, and then if pretty quick, I mean, the, the show was initially sold as like, to me, at least I, re, I saw it as a criticism of, uh, reality television. And it mostly fails at that early on, I think, but I think it gets better at it as it goes. And then here, I think that is fundamentally what the rehearsal is a success at. Yeah, it was certainly like immediately obvious that it was doing that. Yeah. That yeah. Um, so, what would you say were your like? It doesn't have to be like a top five list, but just tell me about some of your favorite things that happened during the season. Well, um, so it we we've talked about it a fair amount offline and stuff. Don't like, tell anyone that clearly, they don't have to yeah, know, right? I mean, I'm not saying this is all off the dome. I've never thought about this show before. I'm not trying. I'm not rehashing any of the previous thoughts, but like in general, obviously the show kind of like Nathan for you started the premise of the show was that he was going to help other people practice something that was stressful for them. And it's like really like the first like one and a half episodes that does that. Uh, and then it very quickly veers into focusing on the one scenario and on Nathan himself um, for the rest of it. And so I I liked the very first episode because it was so like the actual rehearsal was really funny and the guy was really funny and just getting exposed to how far they're willing to go for their premise was great. And then... Around episode four, 
was when they started going multiple levels deeper and deeper into the rehearsal, specifically uh, the the fielder method of <laughs> acting and like having the fielder method and all of the people stalking their actuals or whatever they called it, and then or the primaries, right? Primaries, and then having the rehearsal of the sh- the acting class, and so that was when it like really got wrapped in itself in the most delightful way. So the fourth episode was actually my favorite episode, even though uh, it did finish strong with five and six. Um, but that's like when it really exposed how far it was going to turn in on itself, even though it did turn farther in a way after that, that was like the most successful, like, like uh spiraling out of control in my mind of, of rehearsing itself. I agree with a lot of what you said there. Um, I do think that it is a credit to the show that in all that you said in all of that, to me, the funniest thing in the entire series is still the numerology guy who shows up and says he's going to live in the house. Like, honestly, in the course of the show, not especially relevant, didn't really have any staying power or lasting impact. It's just... Like I mean, the show is fundamentally very funny, and they just go and like, well, we just found this guy, and he's in the show a lot, but he didn't work out, so he he's gone again. Um, and I don't, I don't think that he has a ton to to say about what the show is eventually doing, but it is one of the best characters I've ever seen on any TV show, even though he happens to be real. Yeah, that guy was really funny and insane. Uh, I remembered his name because my dad's name is Robin. It very uh, stuck out to me, but. Uh, yeah, that guy was insane. And Angela obviously was kind of the primary, not Nathan person for most of the season, and she was pretty interesting mm-hmm. as well. Um, she's both Robin and Angela, extremely uh, hardcore Christian. They should have worked out, but Robin just wanted to have sex too much. <laughs> like that, I feel like they would have got married. If Robin wasn't so horny, like that's the, they were such a good match, except she was celibate and Robin was like, I am fucking tonight. The end. That's all there is to hear about it. And she obviously, I think would judge the, uh, drug use. Uh, she, she, she used to do drugs and you did acid. Yeah. Uh, and he obviously at minimum loves weed. I bet they could have worked that out. They made so much sense as a couple. uh, I've so Twitter does a good job of, in some ways a good job, some ways a bad job, of showing you things. Once you click on something, even if it's not someone you follow, they'll keep showing you that topic. And so I've gotten a lot of Nathan and specifically the rehearsal tweets out of the blue in my timeline. And one of them that I did not follow up on, but it showed what appeared to be pictures of Angela and Robin on dates kissing and stuff like that. Like it looked like the way it was presented, if real was that they had further romantic contact after the show. However, I don't know what's real and what's not in many ways, sure. on many levels with this show, but, it, but possibly they did uh, meet up afterwards. Um, I think I would say that my favorite thing 
that happened on the show at any point was when the fake Angela told Nathan off at the end of season episode five. Fake Angela was exceptional. She did such a good job. Uh, I yeah, she nailed Angela, but also was able to like, yeah, criticize Nathan directly. And uh, you know what is troubling about Fake Angela though? What do you know where she was trained? Well, yeah, yes, you do. I do. That's uh, the does that does that justify the builder, the builder method. method? How was she so good if it's not that? Well. Again, Twitter showed me extra information uh, outside of what was presented in the show. She, like, has acting credits, like, on TV shows. Like stuff. what? Like, she's a – I mean, nothing big. Nothing anybody cares about. She was – Garbage. But she was – Sure. Yeah, and but like, then she did the filter method, and she's the best part of a hit show. She, she was on, like, I, CSI I, Cincinnati, and now she's the star of an HBO Max show for one episode. And – it changes everything. Hey, she came back. Good point. She had an appearance yep, in yep. two episodes, but she was like the star of one episode. And, and in some ways, the star of a series. Yeah. She was amazing. Uh, and she learned everything from the Fielder Method, is what you're saying. I, I thought it was funny also they had other people from the Fielder Method, like acting as the paramedics and stuff. Uh, they, 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 had, they, they got some of their students involved throughout. But none more prominently than the. I, I feel like it's an extremely good running gag from the show where it alternates between this is the highest budget show that has ever existed, but also I have to reuse some of these actors, and also I can't pay the extras to talk, so we have to do this scene in silence. Yeah, that was really funny. That was I. I took notes because I was uh like when I knew that you had already seen the episode, I kind of sent a little bit of a live tweeting style commentary on it. And the final episode, I wasn't sure if you watched it or not, and so I took more detailed notes just on my phone. And yeah, I definitely took notes about the the party with the extras <laughs> that didn't talk and just mimed conversation and playing and stuff. And it was super awkward. Um, and again, and also it was like. He said specifically save them fifteen thousand dollars, which is obviously yeah. obviously a lot of money, yeah. but it felt like not very much money compared. I was to just say it's a lot of money to everything. you and I, but in the terms of this production budget, HBO does not care. You've burned through this and then some. Yeah. Um. And okay, do you have anything about the series before the final episode that you'd like to talk about? We've obviously bounced around a lot. We have not covered anything close to everything. But I, I feel like we do have to discuss the events of the last episode. But before that, anything else you want to bring up? I'll, I'll say for the fifth episode, it felt like a, a slight letdown after the fourth episode in my mind. But the very end of the extreme Zionism of the <laughs> uh, Jewish tutor was a was a – extreme hard turn at the end that was pretty surprising and i guess funny is a word to describe it uh but it was it was like obviously that was like what they were deliberately building towards and how they edited that episode um and so that made it pay off in a way but like overall it was not as good as the fourth episode but then that ending was something it was was pretty crazy and i think that episode more than a lot of them i felt was really 
like put together well in the sense that when they're editing the episode, they know they have this at the end. And they just hit you right in the nice feeling so hard with this tutor. But then slowly over time, it's like, that's a little stronger than I would have gone there. And that's a little stronger, yeah. too. And then it's, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> it's just devastating when it all comes down. And again, Twitter, a lot of people were actually live tweeting the reactions to the show. And a lot of people were like, oh, my God, this tutor. She's my favorite character. She's the best. And then like 10 minutes later, like, oh, God, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. People had to retract their uh, statements. Yeah, I, 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 never, I never got that far down the road because I, I was a little more wary. But it was still devastating because it still felt – especially because in a lot of ways she was like a, a repudiation of like the thesis of the show where she's like, no. Just go wing it. See what happens. You're smart. You're thoughtful. Try stuff. And it's like, thank God, Nathan finally got a good voice in his life. And then here's what I got to tell you. You need this info. Yeah. You're not putting it out on your show good enough. Yep. So good. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do it. How did you feel about the finale? I thought it was a good episode. I was very sad for Remy, the actor who was confused and sad. Um, and I was, when they were first starting down that path, I was really hoping that the twist was going to be that Remy was pretending to be confused and sad to uh, get more real reactions out of Nathan. But then instead the direction that it took it was that Nathan wanted to have a fake Remy and see what he could have done differently and then went several layers deep with that and then rewinding time further back in the process to fake Angela and then real Angela. But um, And in hindsight, that wouldn't have been consistent with the show if they surprised us with a twist rehearsal as opposed to showing us all along what they're doing with when they're going a layer deeper. So I should not have actually expected it to be fake Remy. Um, like they, they included the viewer mm -hmm. all along when they were doing that sort of thing. And so I guess it was an unrealistic expectation, but I'm, I did feel bad for him. I, I did like everything they did with the deepening layers of rehearsal to undo the harm um, <laughs> it was, uh, funny when, so obviously, yeah, so he, he went back in time, talked, tried to work it out with fake Angela and he couldn't figure out a way out of that situation. So then he talked to real Angela. Um, it was very, it was a funny little kick in the pants when he had, um, the actor of the older boy go into Remy's house and play with him as a friend. And then afterwards he said, did you, do you think you got enough? Uh, and then he started trying to it's act. It's so cool. Uh, like the... You think you got enough? It's yeah. Oh, my. oh my. And then, uh, and then he's the freaky face swapping mirror, turning him into Remy's mom. But not really uh, feeling necessary to go through with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I liked how that it concluded with, acting as Remy's mom and uh, going further. The uh, super tall, like, teenager who is smoking <laughs> version of Remy was really funny. Straight up bathing outside the house. It's amazing. Yeah. And, the, and then the doll one. And then, like, I don't know. 
I, I think I was watching. I pro, I watch a lot of television late at night uh, with headphones on, and so I think I I get a bit a bigger audio experience than if you're not doing it. But uh, the music was so creepy when he had the doll version of Remy. <laughs> it was like a horror movie, which is extremely appropriate. But it was so good and creepy and weird. I loved uh, that choice, and then the ending was. Uh, I, I texted. I was a little confused in some ways by the ending. Uh, and I'd be happy to discuss that with you, the very like the last like one minute mm-hmm. of the show. Um, but but uh, overall, it was very solid. Yeah, um, I overwhelmingly agree with what you have said here. I felt bad for Remy, but I I also in the moment I I, I obviously didn't want the kid to be sad, but I was sitting there thinking similar to what you were saying, except like I was like if it. If this is fake, it kind of ruins the whole show. <laughs> like, it's really important to me that that not. But I, I thought the same thing. Like this, if this could be setting up for a big twist, and that would really disappoint me. And it didn't do that because this is what really happened. Um, as a quick thing, going back, I had I, I should have mentioned this before, but I like this as a general overview of the show going through, which of uh, Nathan kind of cheating at the show. Like, there's a lot of discourse in regards to Nathan and what his intentions are. And if he's above the show and thinks he's too good for it or if he's he's a jerk and he uses this to crush people. And I think the show is more critical of Nathan than people generally realize. And I wrote down three examples, which are the, the softest one is just that he doesn't. He, 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 I guess it's not even necessarily cheating. It's that he always lets himself off the hook in the show. And at the end, it would have been really troubling if he had actually dressed up like a woman. But it made sense in the show, and he just didn't do it. And then uh, at the end of the first episode, when he's talking to the guy from the trivia group, and he realizes he needs to tell him that he helped him cheat at trivia. And then he does the rehearsal, and it doesn't go well. And he's like, I just won't tell him. Fuck it. And he doesn't do it. And then most notably at the end of episode five in the best scene in the show, when he's dealing with the fake Angela and she gives him the business and tells him, here's what this show is. He says they should try it again, but nicer. And it is so unacceptable. You just heard everything you need to hear. You can't tell the actor, do it nicer. That is such an abuse of power. It's completely wrong. And I think it's only there because it's meant to indicate that Nathan is not strong enough to do the show that he's himself set out to do. I agree. Yeah. And and, uh, similarly, I mean, not in the same way. It's not because of the rehearsal aspect of it, but like just the way he completely folds to the Absolutely. and to his mother the same thing with his mother he ought to go yeah. find a fake yeah, mom yeah, yeah. and be like mom i don't want to do judaism i don't even really do it myself why should i make my kid do it but he instantly folds that's a great yeah both of those two just the same thing yeah so like he yeah he could have had a rehearsal of of those or something he could have pushed back in the slightest way but he did not at all um yeah you know like similarly like it, it, again it's not a your your points are good, and those are the best examples of what you're talking about, and these are only tangentially related. But um, the way that he was convinced that he had to start incorporating all this Judaism into his fake son's life, but then uh, when they're going to temple, he's like, 
Yeah, I mean, I always thought it was really boring. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, obviously doesn't care yeah. at all. But uh, but he just felt like he had to do this. And, so, and then he created this entire Byzantine structure so that he could do it. But he does he has no conviction about it. This is my last rehearsal take. I came away from the last episode, once it all shook out, not feeling especially bad for Remy, but instead feeling especially bad for the nine-year-old actor who plays Remy, because he's already been broken by Hollywood. He's already just talking to Nathan about how he's a really good scene partner, and it kind of feels like he already doesn't have a soul, even though he's a nine-year-old boy. I disagree. You know, we, we've had a lot of agreement. Uh, this is absolutely I still feel my worse for take. real Remy. <laughs> yeah, I still feel worse for Remy than for the nine-year-old. Uh, there was a, like, a, so fake Angela has had a moment on the internet. People are praising her and she's gotten more attention and she's, she's on Twitter and she, she posted like a two page notes. Thank you. Um, to the production and everything. And, uh, she, she was very happy for the experience and she specifically said something to the effect of like, and blah, blah, blah. Fake Remy is absolutely right. Nathan is a great scene partner. And, and, uh, so like she was like, reinforcing that he genuinely is like a, a generous like improv partner kind of thing Oop. <laughs> and uh he so yeah i mean i i think he was like obviously the the, the nine-year-old was way into it um but i don't i i'm not willing to reach conclusions about his real life based on his uh seriousness about uh, I th- that, I think you saw his real acting. life, and that it's he's a nine year old who has a professional job. He might as well be a coal miner. I don't think it's that different. His parents have said you're an actor. This is what you do, and he's like a grown up. And he, I, 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 what it really is the difference between him and Remy is Remy is young enough to like reverse the bad things that have happened to his brain, and the older kid is not. The older kid is just going to be like this and doesn't get to have a childhood. Uh, but uh, yeah, like one of the takes I saw on the internet was like, I alternately watching the finale thought it was excellent and that like maybe child actors should be outlawed yeah. or something like, to that effect. I, I haven't read nearly as much about this as you have, but I I think that that I would agree with that for sure. That like what, what the benefit of child actors is impossible to reconcile with what we're clearly doing to these kids. And again, I th- I think the Remy thing is rectifiable, and I don't think it is for the older kid. I think the older kid is lost. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if, I don't I don't agree. I don't think he's lost. I think he I, just I likes his job. He likes his full time job that he has to do for twenty two hours a week. How do How do you know it's a full time job? They how said all those kids were much... there four hours every day or whatever. So he had one gig you think, it, that was. This you think he came in there acting like this? He's had a bunch of gigs, I bet. I I I wouldn't I wouldn't conclude that he has. He sure was. He's a much more professional actor than I am. 
Like he 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 knows the business. I don't know shit. Mm-hmm. You think he figured that out in a couple of weeks at Nathan, or do you think he figured that out from doing this for years? I'm sure he has worked at it. I don't. He's know worked at his craft as a nine year old. Yes, I, maybe he has you know, like three jobs a year. I don't. Some know. of those kids in the coal mine are good at that too. <laughs> they do three jobs a year. Yeah, three jobs, three, <clears throat> four months each time, each job. Yeah. Eight seasons each. Well, it's an incredible show, and we're so lucky to have gotten to watch it, and we will be so lucky if we ever get to watch it again. We may die before it comes out, or Nathan will die. Who knows? It could be any of those things. But, uh, Pat, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've had an excellent time. Lovely chatting with you as well. It's been a while. I'm glad we were able to hang out and record. The best. Extremely good times, Pat. Best wishes in the end.